2: Hi guys and welcome to the Blues Focus podcast. I'm here with Tommy again. Right, mate, how are you doing? Good, yeah, good, good, good. Just you know, stressful, stressful game on Saturday, but a point away at top of the league is always a lovely way, lovely way to get going, isn't
3: it? Yeah, definitely, absolutely.
2: (laughs) So yeah, today we'll talk a little bit about Sheffield. You know Mm -hmm. how we perform, play, you know, point away, like I said, top of the league, fantastic. We'll review Middlesbrough, who've just sat Chris Wilder, and then we'll look at Bristol at home a little bit as well. We'll talk about the idea of three games in seven days as well and how the squad's going to hopefully hold out. But yeah, I'll hand it over to you, Tommy, for a start. How did you think we did?
3: Well, I think I was surprised about how bad Sheffield United were. Well, not bad as such because we didn't beat them, but. You know, I was expecting more for a team that were top of the league, really. You know, they obviously looked pretty good against the teams that I've seen on the telly this this season. Um, They look very physical. But I don't know whether they just had an off game or whatever, but they just didn't seem like any threat at all, really. I expected, like, this tough opposition that you do get when you face top of the league. Like, when we played Fulham last season, it was like... It wasn't like if we were going to win. It was like, how much are we going to lose by? You know, it was absolutely you just knew that we were going to lose and think, right, how many goals could we get? Maybe just get a couple, which, you know, we did last season. But, you know, we've done well against teams towards the top of the the league already this season, like Norwich and Watford. Um, And even like playing teams who made the playoffs last season against Huddersfield, we beat them, we drew with Luton and we've drew with Sheffield United again this season. So, you know, it's been good really, the teams against the top of the table. Um, But yeah, it was odd. It was like, um, it was a quiet atmosphere as well. I think I think Sheffield United fans were probably expecting to beat us as well. Um, and they did take the lead, but it wasn't convincing after they did take the lead. But obviously yeah. we were equalised pretty quickly afterwards as well. So I think, yeah, I, I'm glad that the points, but it was strange. It was a bit of a difficult game to sort of predict in, at times. It was like, is it going to end boringly nil-nil or is it suddenly going to go towards Sheffield United's way? But yeah. Um, I think either team could have won it towards the end because it was a few chances um, mm. for each team. I think, realistically, though, if you're a Sheffield United fan, you'd be very upset with that performance, really. You'd be a bit worried going into the next few games, thinking, you know, if we're going to be performing like that from this point, you know, what's the season going to look like? But I think for us, you know, going into the game against Middlesbrough, you know, we should be favouring ourselves. We should be looking at that team and thinking, yeah, we're looking pretty decent, actually um but obviously with this being blues and chris Wilder just being sacked you know all the favor all the odds are in our favor we're going to lose 3-0 now we
2: never ever do well when the odds are in our favor like <laughs> but we did we did it in every league we're in. But when we were in the prem back in the day when we we're in the championship we do it all the time as birmingham city don't we against the teams mm. in the upper end of the table where you're unexpected to do anything performance comes out of nowhere and you do really well Against your Wigan Athletic at home, when you're down to ten men for eighty minutes, <laughs> you lose one nil. Like it is so Birmingham City, and it's the most frustrating part about being our fan base. In terms of Chef, I thought they weren't ready. In terms of they didn't expect us to play how we did. We constricted them to you know a couple of long range chances, and they got him beyond once or twice. But them three at the back, I thought, were solid as a rock. Ruddy did a great job. Their goal. First of all, I am firmly believing that that weren't a free-kick. I think that was soft as anything. But the goal itself, I can't argue that you could have actually yeah. two kicks in the goal and that was just unstoppable from McBurnie.
3: Yeah, no, I think the goal was well taken. You know, that shows that he's a top striker, really. Um, despite
2: the fact he's a bit of a um, you
3: know, Yeah,
2: but... he, he was being a bit of a knobhead, weren't he?
3: It was a bit of a feisty game in, ter- in certain parts, you know, there was, the, the, it's like the first half was very tame really, I don't think there was much in it in anything really, but um, as soon as the second half got going, I think, you know, a couple of challenges started flying in, a few um, a few nasty challenges from Sheffield United and there was a few late challenges from us as well, and then that's what started to turn the game a little bit, but um. I was just frustrated, really, by the inconsistency of the refereeing, really, because there was a certain points where they would let the game run. Then there were certain points where, like, Longiello in the first half and Hannibal in the second half would get books for, like, challenges that were, like, not even... They were, like, tactical fouls, really. So, like, why they were booking it was just losing the flow of the game and it was just making everybody get frustrated then.
2: And the Hannibal is, yeah, like, there is a genuine attempt to get the ball, like, with yeah. both of them. However, Absolutely, yeah. especially, and I'm going to bring this one up, Bogle, at the end of the game, I think it's mm. Bogle, I think he's right, the wing-back,
0: Yeah. took Bielek out from
2: behind when Bielek's running clear through in the middle of the park like, and he's got loads of space. How that is in a red card from behind, no attempt to get to the ball. And there was a couple like tackles where you're looking at the ref going, oh, like, how is that not a red line? As I said, I've seen, I saw Ryan was getting sent off last season away at Cobb, and he, he genuinely went for the ball and slight missed time, straight red. Like, That's immediately what so I thought, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It's the inconsistency in football, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. And we moan about it, and I know we're famous for bitching about referees, but we do seem to get some absolute shit houses when it comes to referees. I'm sorry to say it, but some of the yeah. decisions we get is an absolute joke at times. I don't understand it.
3: There's like different. Rules for different clubs, it seems like when it comes to us, it just feels like if there's a genuinely bad challenge, we just won't get a red card for it.
1: And, and the, the one, one we did just...
2: got appealed and Yuki got a free match ban Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I mean, that was a
1: definite yeah. diet though. From Juki, at the time when definitely... I watched
2: it live, when I was watching on the TV though, because I had work, I was like, he sucked him out, his last man. Yeah, and when I watched the replay, I was like, oh my god, he's actually just fully the <laughs> are definitely gonna shaft us. The Wigan oh,
3: fans absolutely went to town on me for that, though, because like I, I I, did the same thing at the time. I thought it was a definite red, which obviously you can't tell when you're at the game because when oh, yeah. you're in the stands from far away, when somebody goes down, you obviously think it's a foul anyway. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a definite foul, and obviously the last man red card, and I was like, yeah, we deserve that. And then obviously looking back on the highlights, you're just like, oh, God, it just wasn't though, was it? I got all these Wigan fans saying, nah, lad, that's... Fire. No, that's not right. That is.
2: <laughs> Honestly, speaking of bitter fans, Jesus, website. Like, <laughs> how many Sheffield United fans have developed tears over Twitter, man? Like, I can't deal with it. Anti-football. I mean, I'm not being funny, but if anyone in the first 45 minutes of that game was anti-football, it was them.
3: Mm. I don't the know.
2: Match, t- like, yeah, but
3: where they got that anti-football thing from? I've no idea, really, because like we were, you know, just solid really at the back really we weren't letting things through we had a couple of chances that slipped through maybe but you know it was it was i don't know where they thought anti-football came through maybe because it was just a bit of a boring half maybe or something but, but what that's what you do
2: we're away at top of the league what we expected us to go balls to the wall with 4-4-2 yeah like... we were just we
3: were just being defensive you know and that's not ridiculous you know we were if we were being anti-football we would have been taking everybody out every 10 seconds Diving, looking for fouls, time wasting, booting the ball forward, elbowing yeah. everybody in the box, long, long ball to the...
2: Troy up top. That's all anti. That's what it would have been. Yeah, you would have we had didn't 10 do that. nine men back and just Troy up top, trying to chest yeah. the ball down and flick it. Mm.
3: We, we, we weren't we doing
2: that at all. Great. I liked some of the football we played. I liked how quick and sharp we looked. Mm. You know, you could see some players were getting a bit leggy. You know, but. I liked it. I genuinely, like you said, it, it could have gone either way and I thought they were for the taking towards the end of the game. Mm. If I oh, have one it. critique and one very slight critique, and I love Jordan Graham more than anything, I think he's such a classy player. But I think mm. his delivery, for the first time I'm gonna say it in a Birmingham show, his delivery was off on Saturday. Yeah. Was a couple I... of deliveries where I was like, oh, come on. Not like you. Yeah, I'm I'm not the
3: biggest fan of Jordan Graham I, I like him as a person he's a top bloke but um as a footballer I think his technique really is what lets him down I think his work rate again like everybody at the blues is seconds and all you can see that he puts in hard efforts and everything but you know uh, there's been a couple of times this season and last season where there's just been I don't know whether it's just like just he can't seem to cross a ball properly like I don't think there's anything else other than saying that you know he can't do this really because he gets the ball, and any other player would just put it straight into the box. But it's either too short or too far away for me. So That's
2: what's frustrating, because he has the ability somewhere in there. Because look at the ball to Maxine against Preston. like You can see he can mm. deliver a great ball. But then, no, like, that true, don't know yeah, that's true. Unless it was fatigue, or he just... I don't know. Like, he might have been exhausted, to be fair, because Sheffield trying to push wing play weren't there like, against us, I noticed.
3: I wonder whether he needs to have... Like, um, you know, some fresh ideas coming through him because there was times where he looked like whatever he was doing just looks a bit too predictable, really. Yeah. So we'd get the ball out on the wide areas and he'd always look to go for the cross, but then he'd either get blocked or it would be so predictable there'd already be a player on the front post to get away. So I just wonder whether he needs to work with like a fullback or one of the midfielders to work something up first to give it like a quick one-two and then the cross or maybe like a faint to go back and then back the other way and then cross the ball or something like that because whatever he's doing at the it. moment yeah or something just you know bit of differences a bit creative difference because every cross that he did in that game you can see it on the highlights is that it's all pretty much the same cross every single time and everybody's yeah. uh, the Sheffield United defenders are there just to
2: clean up immediately so They're I, I think up that's and the in goals just chilling and he's just running yeah. out and catching every set piece that was going in the box mm yeah but it's true yeah like you said like game was definitely for the taking um i know you're happy of it i was ecstatic troy finally got his goal mm. i think his work rate deserved it like we were screaming about last week he got in the box Tommy. he got in did the- yes got yeah in the box. it's weird he must have been
3: watching the podcast um anyway. <laughs> it was odd really because what we were talking about seemed to appear a lot in the game it was odd you know troy being in the on the last man for a long time, and then actually appearing in the box like you say, and then putting it in the back of the net. So, but I, I said as well, um, if, if there's a one-on-one situation, he will he score. Missing,
2: yeah, and, and he, he did. weren't missing that. He absolutely thundered that. Yeah. Didn't he? He not He weren't yeah. that. He controlled it. Just went. Nah, this is yeah, going in. Bang. Keeper gets answer that. he's broke his wrist. Man, that was that was <laughs> pure power on that. Yeah, but it was good. I think. Boy.
3: Yeah, he yeah, it it was definitely good for his confidence. Yeah, this I thought if he missed that, I'd be like, oh, this is really going to be a proper telltale sign, really of like the type of player he is now. But it's good to see that he did score because you know we've got two strikers who in and around the box can score now. They've got goals in them. I think that is the fortunate sign for us because we keep we keep trying Scott Hogan up front leave them in the box and then we get Bakuna Chong and Bielik to do all the dirty work around the defensive yeah. uh, attacking and defensive midfield and then the back four or the back five they just sweep up everything because yeah. trusty is so tidy you know he—he nobody wow. gets past him same for Sanderson uh, Maxine Collin can do anything at the back he can play centre back he can play right back he can play left Maxine back Maxine
2: collin I know they would never play there but he looks like he's got the quality to play centre if you ever needed like as a sweeper oh up. yeah like, yeah, he could play anywhere. The game against Huddersfield this season at home, it was the first time I, I properly watched him because he was running down the side. I was there mm. watching, and I was just—I said to my brother, I was like, "Like Maxine's a baller, you know? Like he can ball." Yeah. I've always known him as a lot. Like, I've always known him as Mister Consistent for me. Like he's always that solid, gives it, knows what he's doing. But when I was watching Birmingham 40 the I was like, "This kid, this guy can play." Like, yeah, like, he's like,
3: wicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's always been that type of player who, it, I think he, my dad says this a lot. He says if you put him in a proper good team, you see how good of a player he is, really. And I agree with him because it's like, I, th- I think he's been put into some bad teams over the years. You know, oh, with that Karanka team and the the Boyer team to an extent, and um, the Red Nap team when he first came in. You know, he's had to play at left back where he's not most comfortable, and it, and even now when he's playing at centre back or in that sort of weird five role where you're switching over between centre-back and whatever. But, you know, you when he plays with quality players like Jota when he came in, you know, you he, he, he just work with him perfectly because they're just, they're just intertwined, really. Like, they give the ball to each other every single time. They'd always be there for as an option. And that's why it kind of annoys me, and I was saying this in the vlog, you know, we need to start playing the four at the back even though what we've got at the moment isn't broke and we shouldn't fix what ain't broke. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, but like we could you don't, win you don't we could win, win that fi- game.
2: You don't have to fix what's broke. The issue you mm. got is you just have to move Jordan Graham up to right mid, move that back yeah. four, and then you're back four solid, you just put deploy Chong chung as a left mid. You've got a yeah, four exactly. four two there. Like he you does, don't have to move anyone out of the pitch. You don't have to change the winning team. You could just change the yeah. formula a little bit.
3: Yeah, no, that is true actually. I did think of that. I think it's a good point to put uh, to bring up actually because I I don't don't
1: know whether... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm
3: trying to think of this formation now because we probably haven't got the players to play it. But as a 4-3-3. Three, three. We've got the back four and the midfield three sorted. It's just the sort of the attacking three. Like, how do we play that then? Is it like you Troy is Hogan and
2: Troy at the minute. Yeah. Yeah to, like, Hogan's played on the wing before, but he hates, like, you can see he's not, yeah. he's not Just enjoyable there, on the wing. No. You could push Graham and Chung as a front three, but who starts? Troy or Hogan. Do you want the hold-up play of Troy? You probably do in that formation, because he'll bring both players into it. But why do mm. you drop your top goal scorer in Scott Hogan?
3: Yeah, it's the formation I'd like to play, but at the moment it doesn't work. So, you know, I think I'd say a four i'd say a 4-4-2 four, a four, four, diamond probably is the formation i'd like to play at the moment but even then with jordan graham playing the right wing at uh, right mid i don't know particularly about that one um, yeah. but obviously Eustace knows the best you know he works with the players every day he works with troy he works with everybody and i think Can't it, him. Right. no he's been fantastic really and you know getting a good bit about those players you know we look like a good team again you know we've with Boya last season, I thought we had some good players individually with Taylor and Hernandez, but something wasn't you know, something wasn't working between each other and I heard from a few people um saying that Boya did lose the dressing room in the end. I
2: don't know so how was... true it is. Have you seen about did you see Hogan's interview about Boya?
3: Was it the one after the uh the field game?
2: Yeah, was it something where he said something about mm. I only scored when I stopped listening to what he told me to do or something? Yeah
3: that was weird that was. I I I, I, like, I can oh, imagine yeah. that he wasn't very happy with it. Um because obviously Bowie probably would expect more from him as a you know at least a 10 goal a season championship player. But you know I I I obviously love Boyer for being in the championship uh, for being in that Carlin cup team. Of course. But just I don't know whether he had it as a coach I think we've used this. he obviously does because he get in, he's starting to get things out of the same sort of team that uh, Boyer had, you know, he had Sanderson last season. He had uh, Chong last season and Bakuna as well. So he's pretty much the same team. So he is getting the best out of them now. And he's like, he's, he's drawing against the good teams. He's starting to get points
2: against those good teams. Um,
3: and I'm I not think the... Boyer
2: didn't have it, but 100% Eustace seems to have that belief in his team where every player works the balls off. Yeah. And Bowie had it for a lot of last season, but you could see towards the end when we knew we were safe and stuff. The players just didn't no. really look like they gave a damn anymore. Bella knew he was going. He didn't look like he cared much anymore. Like, you know, I'm not just saying I loved Bella, by the way, just for the record. I loved Jeremy Bella and what he gave, but I didn't respect it as a wing back too much. I thought he was a bit of a wasted talent back there. Yeah, definitely. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Pederson didn't give a crap at the end. Yeah, there's
3: it's a lot of players actually sort of started to pack their bags towards the end of that season. So it wasn't all Bowie's was fault, but I no, think no, no. some players individually let him down. But again, I think, you know, as a coach, I think Eustace is much better. I think he's got the best out of Troy as well because obviously they're supposedly good mates and, you know, they've worked with each other at Watford before. I think keeping Troy happy is good for the whole club then because him in a good mood gets
2: everybody else in a good mood then and you can see how much that goal meant like every player pretty much on the pitch went for Troy when he scored as if to say yeah it's like yeah
3: definitely even Hogan
2: who Hogan looks like the kind of man that if he doesn't score he looks fuming for the whole week but even Hogan was buzzing like he was like yes
3: yeah it's a good moment I think for the team as well you know when you've got you we're obviously a bit of a struggling club with off the pitch obviously with finance and just general ownership, really. So, with when it comes to those times when we do get a good equalizer against a good team, you know, for everybody in the team, it must feel really good, you know, and and particularly if who scored it and the, you know, the situation you're in and how hard you had to battle to win that point. you know, it was good. It was it was a great moment. You can't deny it, and with the fans as well, like the whole and just absolutely collapsed like everybody I around it it sort it. of lying down it's like it's like one minute we're all stood up and it's like a blink and everybody's lying down it's like what's going
2: <laughs> on
1: <laughs>
2: it's amazing well yeah i sat it with that great result great performance um your honest feeling about middlesbrough then like we said chris Walder gone <laughs> Are they for the taking? A hundred percent. Does that favour us? No, we're Birmingham City, and we hate that. <laughs> you know, we're we're going to be the team expected to go there and win, and nobody likes that.
3: I mean, I don't like it, but I am confident because getting the points off Sheffield United and getting all those results against the good teams in the league, I think we can go on and make a bit of a a bit of a run
2: really with this. But it is the Blues after all, so. And oh, this yes. month's difficult. we got seven games, man. I know that that's probably the toughest game maybe we've had out the way. Good point. Mm. But we had a little discussion before I was just starting this pod, you know, with the size of our squad, you know, people like Billy, who are very injury-prone. He's class, but he, you don't want to risk him. Three games in seven days. Do you rotate a little bit coming into Millsborough? I don't mm. know.
3: Yeah, I don't you know about whether... sixty. Yeah, because I'm thinking about this now. It's like with Hannibal, obviously, when he came on against Shepherd United, he obviously put a lot of effort in, and he started to push us on a little bit more as the um, as the game sort of got to the end. Um, but I do think if we start him, will he keep that? Um, will he keep that going for the whole ninety, or will he have to get taken off for Bealek? Or you know, it's, it's it's interesting to think about. Um, but I, I do feel like we should keep the same team because obviously consistency is great when it comes to teams doing well. I think I remember with Gary Monk, it was just the same team every single week. He knew exactly who was starting. he included it in the frame as
2: well, but it worked. Yeah, that was the season we finished ninth. You know what I mean? I think he started the exactly, yeah eleventh for like fifteen straight, but it worked. You were exactly involved.
3: yeah, that, and that's how you make good teams. You know, when you recall good teams of the past, you recall the elite teams of the past. You know, everybody knows the bastard. Twenty eleven squad because that they just played the same team every single every single week you know you know that's why they won everything because they were just the team that were the best team that season so why would you want to change it so if we are if this is our best team that we've got this season play them you know and 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 although it would be good to play Job and it might be good to play Hannibal from like a full ninety or whatever but what if we lose it then and then what happens then if we lose to Bristol City after we put Beale back in? You know, there's there's too much that we could ruin for the good form really. So I feel like we should keep the same team and we should jo- just go and try and win really because obviously we're coming off the back of winning against uh, drawing with Sheffield United, which is a good point to get. So going into the game against Borough and feel like you should win it. You know, that's the that's the mentality we should have really because we won there last season and then that was in the middle of that good run as well so I feel like we should do the same again you know and they're in a pretty bad state but obviously obviously with this being the Blues we'll probably go over there and lose three now which is I'm just looking up the table
2: like. now sorry because we were talking about results mm. and like it's it's tight still do you know what I mean like we're don't get me wrong it's lovely being 15 but we're in three, <laughs> three points off Middlesbrough who are in mm. the relegation zone you lose to that you know we're in a bit of trouble However, you win that game, you beat Bristol, you pick up another six points, knocks up to 19. Currently, Burnley are 18 points and in fourth. Like, it's such a tight, so, like you said, one or two results, and we're either saying, brilliant, amazing, mm. or we're going, oh, shit, <laughs> here we go again.
3: Yeah, I don't know what the season's going to be like now because I've had such a up and down with it already this season. So it's like, is this going to be one where we do really well? Or is it going to be one where we're like back to normal blues sort of ways, really, with it all being back to finishing 19th or whatever stupid thing we always seem to do? I'm
2: just is super we- hopeful. I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm trying. I'm also hoping that we don't pick up what I now call Watford aloitus. And if we start going on a bad run, we can't get rid of useless. Mm. Like, I like him. I like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, our board have been known for just Bobbing off your manager or two, do you know what I mean, with a bad spell. Although mm. they waited about 10 games too long with uh, Kowenka.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I don't think that Eustace will have that same effect, though. I feel like he's a good enough coach to sort of turn things around if things do get bad. I think with players being on his side as well, I feel like they would be willing to give him a better try as well. I don't know what it was with Boya. Maybe it was just a bit too demanding maybe or whatever i don't know i i, I can't tell into those things but
1: we
2: we've used to sorry I know, i'll just cut you clean up there i'm sorry we used to it looks like he's give the players a bit of freedom whereas yeah. Bowyer, it looked very much like a this is your job this is what you're doing and you're doing it like that whereas mm. with Eustace it looks like he's gone well this is the formation however you got a bit of freedom go about do that Troy, you do what you want scott fucks in the box it the has mm. basically got the free role, from what I can see. Chung has that bit of freedom to run about when he wants, and Felix just there to clean up the job.
3: Yeah, I think well, you know, it's it's like with certain players they do, and I, I don't mean it's in a you know as an attack or anything, but with players like Dini, you know, he probably does want a bit of freedom, you know, and he probably doesn't want to be told everything every five minutes because obviously he's played what? in the Premier League. He's had a manager like Sean Dyche who's had to get in there in the first place to achieve those things and actually starting to get a bit of a kick up the arse to actually go and properly, you know, perform properly. And uh, as he comes into the end of his career, he probably does want a manager like John Eustace to sort of be like, you know, just take it easier and sort of go about going your career towards the end of the season, you know, as the playing for the team that you love. And, you know, just giving them that bit of freedom. So we have another hardcore manager like Boyer. It probably was difficult for them to get along because Troy's probably wanting a nicer manager and Bowie is obviously having to make his career off the uh, trying to make his career from us. So it's it, it probably it was never gonna work really and yeah. I, I I wonder whether Boy did want Deanny in the whole uh transfer window anyway.
2: I think it um, was more of a Gary move, if I'm honest. I think Gary Garden kind of not Craig Garvey, yeah, Craig, not Craig, Gary.
3: yeah.
2: Not Gary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no Craig, I think Craig just kind of the fans wanted it he's been everyone's been screaming to have him for a few years now and i think mm-hmm. it was just time fell right for it but let's move on from boya because i'm just getting more frustrated the more i think about how much you know i just i keep getting chucked in ek's face like in my mind <laughs> and i can't deal with it like oh um, god oh, um i do think Borah for the taking if i'm honest i think we shouldn't concede to a team with no manager. I think we're solid enough to hold them off. Think maybe a nice two nil, three 0 win. I think Scott might get one. Mm. You know, I'd like to see Scott get a goal again. Like two games, obviously without a goal is not a bad drought. But I think that will start if he doesn't score for about four or five. I think his confidence might get a bit shot.
3: Yeah, and his confidence is a massive thing as well. You know, if he doesn't his start scoring, then he, he could. Yeah, it's it's one of those runs that you can go on. You know, if like he doesn't score for the next five games then we're thinking god he's back to his old ways isn't he but i think if he gets a goal even if we don't win then that's good for us because it's you know it's another goal for him and the confidence player that he is because if we don't win against borough then he'll at least have a goal and then he will go on to that bristol city game and then we'll probably look a bit more confident then but i think we should go into both games and get six points from them really because even though it's a bit of a even though it's a bit of a that's a slightly egotistical thing to think about really but you know we've just got points against Sheffield United we're going against Borough who've not got a manager like you say and also Bristol City who aren't in the best form we've got two very good strikers who are in the round of the box good goal scorers we've got a great midfield very creative players and we're very solid yeah. at the back at the moment you know we should be thinking a little bit confidently but <laughs> again it's always blues isn't it so we're, having good going, we're probably come away with no
2: points or <laughs> one, and we scraped a one-one in the ninety-third minute against Bristol. Oh.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I just hope that you know, I I I do hope that we get six points from them because it, it's it's. Oh, I'm gonna annoy myself now. I'm going around in circles. We should we should win. That's the thing. But yeah, it's just. I suppose it's just the waiting now, which is kind of annoying because, like, I just want to get the two games done and get the two wins on the board because yeah. then we're looking really good. Then, as long as we just. Finish above 17th this season That's all I'm happy with But <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I think if we can go into the World Cup Like that large little bit of international break Which no one wants But it's going to happen mm. So we've got to just deal with it um, Top 12, top 10 You know, anything's mm. possible I'm not saying for one second We're going to push the playoffs Do not anyone miss here what I'm saying Would I love that? Oh God, I would But, you know Any improvement from last season Would be great
3: yeah massively yeah uh, i don't I've, think that.
2: i find the yeah, top half
3: yeah i don't think we'll get top half uh, as such but i think I don't, I don't know really i think 15th where we are at the moment for where we've been in the past few seasons and just how bad we are off the pitch you know we're terribly run at the moment you know we don't know what on earth is going on with the club we're just like all the Takeover deals
2: gotten quiet again and, yeah, and waiting on EFL approval apparently, which you know yeah. they're, soon, they're soon enough to let Carson Young and these lot like, take over the club like that, but oh god, when you want to mm. get rid of them, they're doing like a nineteen year investigation on everything now. So it's like oh, Yeah, it's
3: it's it's a pain really and it's, it's cause they don't want to get anything wrong and they've obviously got stuff wrong with that sort of shit before. So it's like I I think that I
2: think helped. what they've found I think they've found stuff not saying, you know what I mean, Like I think they've probably mm. found something dodgy with these owners and gone. We've we've dropped a bit of a bit of a ball bag early, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, oh, what man. do we do? Here? Like, yeah, it is what it is, and I am confident, like you are. I'm hopeful for six points. You know, by the end of this week, it'd be great. It'd be great. You know, I'd like to see Jordan James maybe get a little bit more game time, and he was resting after mm. international break. You know, and. Obviously we all stand with Bakuna with what's going on at the minute. Obviously have you seen all that going on with Bakuna? Yeah, I've
3: seen bits of it, yeah, yeah.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. with family